You are listening to the Purpose Church High School Ministry Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've heard them all, God has something to say to you. Our vision is to see every student everywhere following Jesus, and we hope this message helps you take your next step in your faith. To learn more about our high school ministry, visit our website, purposechurch.com HSM, and check us out on Instagram at purposehsm. We hope you enjoy today's episode. I'm excited to be with you guys tonight. Like Pastor Eric said, my name is JT. I'm the FSM and JHM pastor here at Purpose. And um, I'm very excited about today's message. Um, I'm excited because, one, um, this was a challenging one. Um, we're kicking off this brand new series called Supernatural. And Pastor Eric decided to, think, to give me a topic that he felt like maybe wasn't the, the hardest, but I'm going to be talking about God and Satan tonight. And uh, I'm very excited about this because at a young age, when I was in junior high, high school, even now, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of unanswered questions. So I'm very excited to, to dive in here. And I just ask that, you know, as we're learning together that, um, you know, I love preaching the word, so I'm going to preach it how I feel it. I'm going to get excited. I might shout a little bit, so be prepared for that. You guys are in the spit zone, so sorry about that. Uh, but it's all good. But it's going to be a good time. Let us pray, and then we're going to dive in. Let me pray for us. Dear Lord, we thank you for today. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your grace and your mercy, God. Lord, we thank you that um, you've provided a place where we can come and, and just learn and have community. So, Father, I want to pray. I want to pray for every student here, Lord. I pray that they know that they're loved, that they're cared for, that we're happy that they're here with us. And, Father, just one last, like, praise. God, Lord, thank you for allowing the Lakers to be in first place still, Father. Lord, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen, amen. Any Clipper fans, raise your hand. Clippers fans, you guys aren't? That's right. Wise decision, wise decisions. Any Laker fans? Raise your hand. Laker fans. All right. Shout out. <laughs> My man right there. Awesome. So before I was a Christian, I really used to struggle with this idea, idea of who is truly God and Satan. You know, some of you guys know my story. Some of you guys don't. But when I was a junior high, high school student, um, I was really into the party scene. I was addicted to drugs and alcohol. Uh, I loved to party. I loved to go out with people. And I found myself always wondering with the idea of who God and Satan truly was. I used to think of God and Satan as whoever I choose to make them. You know, evil is what you make it, and the same thing went for good. And I used to struggle with that. Now, when I came to know Jesus, I found myself um, loving church. I loved church, but still struggle following in Satan's sinful way. You know, some of us like the new Kanye, some of us don't. I do. Um, but I love old Kanye, too. We all have a past. And one of my favorite lyrics that Kanye's ever said has always resonated with me. It's from his old album. He says this. We love Jesus, but you done learned a lot from Satan. We love Jesus, but you done learned a lot from Satan. And when I heard that lyric at a young age, I had to really look at, and look at God and Satan to truly understand on who I wanted to follow. I say that because I know who God is. I know that God is good. I know that God wants the best for my life. But, but I also know that Satan's lifestyle is a deceitful lifestyle. That Satan's way is the wrong way, yet it looks like it's the best way. Because Satan's way tells us, 
You live how you want. You can do whatever you want to do. You know, live by the flesh. Go wild. Do the drugs. Do the alcohol. Do anything you want. And I found myself struggling with that because I did like that. But I also loved God. And I had to learn who truly God is. And today we're going to look about that. I'm going to give you three characteristics of God and Satan today. That's what I want to accomplish. And I hope that you learn who God is, but also know and be aware of who Satan is. First, I want to start off with God. And when I think about God, common things that come out, the creator, right, Um, the savior, um, this mythical person, this artist, this fake person, this unrealistic person. Who is God? Who is God? Well, the first thing I want you to know about who God is, God is an all-knowing God. God is an all-knowing God. That is in your notes. God is an all-knowing God. Psalms 139, 1 through 6 says this. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit, when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar in all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Verse 5. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me too lofty, lofty for me to attain. I love this passage because what we see is this, is that God knows everything about your life. He knows everything. There's nothing that he's missed. God knows when you sit. He knows when you rise. He knows every thought that you've thought or that you're going to think. He knows every word you've ever spoken. He even knows your phone password. You try to change it, he's going to know that too. If you have face recognition, I'm sure you can work that out too. He knows everything. He knows, he knows, he knows. You know, some of us are sitting here and thinking, okay, God knows all my mistakes. He knows where I've been. He's known what I've done. He knows what I'm going to do. How could he love me? I ask myself the same question. I ask myself the same question when I was popping pills when I was snoring what I wanted, when I was drinking with whatever I wanted. This God that knows everything, that knows what I'm struggling with, knows what I'm doing, how can he truly love me? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We all have heard that passage. It's a famous passage, but when I read that passage, what I like to say is, For God so loved me. For God so loved me that he gave his one and only son. You see, he may know everything and we may doubt and we may feel ashamed. We may feel embarrassed. We may feel like we shouldn't get this love. Yet God says, I love you enough. I'm going to give it to you. Because that's who God is. He knows everything. Number two, God is in all places. God is in all places. Psalms 139, 7 through 12 says this. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heavens, the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light Become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. 
The night will shine like the day, for darkness is a light to you. That's Psalms 137, 7 through 12. God is everywhere you go. Everywhere. And I love that because it shows us that God wants to meet us in our physical, emotional, mental places where we go. You know, I think mental health is one of the most common things now, right? It's a rising thing, praise God. You know, for myself, I go to a counselor. I seek help. And what I love about that is instead of feeling like I'm doing it alone, God is with me in that. God is not saying I'm leaving you behind. Oh, I can't go there with you. God is saying, I want to be there with you. I don't want to leave you. I want you to know that I want to do this with you. You can trust God because he is willing to go to the lowest places with you. You know, a lot of us, our best times with God is when we feel like God is with us at the top of the mountain. When life is good, our relationships are good, school's good, sports is good, family's good. We feel good right there, right? We all want to be there. But what about when we're down in the valley? What about when we're down when we got family members sick, relationships are terrible, school sucks, I'm getting bullied, I'm addicted to drugs, alcohol? What about those times? What, I feel so alone. How is God there? Let me tell you, there is no darkness that the light of Jesus can't touch. There is no darkness that the light of Jesus can't touch. Even when you feel alone, even when you feel there's this pressure around you and you you don't know what you're going to do, God is saying, I am the light of the world. I am in you, therefore I am here for you. That you're not alone. The enemy can tell you whatever he wants. He can lie to you. He can make you feel like that. But I want you to know something. God is there in the midst of that. You know, I found out this past weekend, um, I have a terrible relationship with my dad. Um, I wasn't raised by my parents. My parents abused and neglected me. And I got a call from my mom uh, telling me that my dad has colon cancer. And it's pretty far. It's progressed. And if you catch it late, it's, it's pretty much over. And I remember hearing that. And I remember at first glance not thinking I would care. But the Lord told me, you need to care. You know why? Because I was caring for you when you were hurting. I was caring for you when you were disrespecting me. I was caring for you when you were doing drugs. I need you to care. And it reminded me that, man, God was there for me in that time. I'm going to be there for my dad in that time. The last thing about God I want to talk about is this. God is all-powerful. God is all-powerful. I know I'm preaching, but side note, I just want to give a big shout out to my girlfriend, Alicia. I didn't even acknowledge her. Can we clap for her? Can you guys just cheer for her? I always do that. <laughs> I totally forgot. Forgive me, love. I love you. You look great, too. Okay, here we go. Back to the word. Back to the word. Side note. That's a side note. This is not a relationship series. We're not doing that. Psalms 139, 13 through 18 says this. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I want everybody to hear this. I really want you guys to hear this. Because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. If there's anybody here today that has a lot of self-doubt about them, they feel like they're not good enough. I've been there. You feel like you, you don't look good enough or whatever the case may be. God says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And this is about God. Your works are wonderful. How God made you, you are wonderful. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And your works are wonderful. I know that full well. 
My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me, saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Psalms 139, 13 through 18. This passage is very powerful because we see a very clear picture that God is powerful. I love it because we understand that God created every human soul, body, and life. You know, I think a lot of the times people try to disregard God with science. I believe that science proves God's existence. You see, God not only created every galaxy, universe, planet, mountain, he created every living cell, everyone. Humans cannot create anything apart from the essentials ingredients that God has given us. God took great delight into bringing you into this world. If you ever think about if you were a mistake, if you weren't here, guess what? Maybe that was the case with your parents, but God needed you here. My, parent, my mom had me at 15 years old, and she said, you're a mistake. And now look at me. I'm preaching the word of God. Now look at me. I'm here with y'all. You weren't a mistake. God has something for you. God wants to use you to accomplish something big. Lean into that. The same hands that created the galaxies knit you together. Your existence, hear this, please. Your existence is evidence of God's power. The fact that you're here proves of God's power. You know, we just, these were the three things I want to talk about God. Now I want to transition into Satan. And um, I don't even like talking about Satan because he doesn't even deserve my time. But I'm going I'm to, God gave me this assignment, so I'm going to talk about him. Satan carries none of God's characteristics. Those three that you wrote down, Satan has none of them. Colossians 1, 16 through 17 says this. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or power or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in, all, and in him all things hold together. God has created all things. That includes Satan. It wasn't like it was God and Satan. No, God created Satan. When God originally created Satan, he was a good angel. He was a good angel. It's believed that he was the one to sing the most beautiful hymns, the most beautiful songs, the best praise. That was Satan. He was the best of the best, it's believed. But instead of being the good, the good follower and, and staying in his lane, he decided, I'm going to rebel against God. I'm going to do what I want to do. That's what he was saying. And because of that, Satan was a created being, makes him not equal to God. He is not all-knowing. He is not in all places. He is not all-powerful. The first thing about Satan I want you guys to take note about is Satan lost everything because he chose to rebel against God. Satan lost everything because he chose to rebel against God. Jude 1.6. Anybody ever read Jude in here? Of course, Gunny did. <laughs> Gunny, you're too spiritual. For all the normal people in here. I'm just kidding, Gunny. You're great. Jude 1.6 says this. 
And the angels who did not keep their position of authority, but abandoned their proper dwelling. These he was kept in the darkness, bound with everlasting change for judgment on the great day. These angels decided, I'm going to rebel against God. Satan said, I am going to rebel against God because they wanted to be equal or greater than God. Satan was like, I want to be equal or I want to be greater. I don't want to serve. I want to be served. I want to be number one. Isaiah 14, 12 through 15 says this. How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of dawn. You have been cast down to earth, you who, who once lay low the nations. Verse 13. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly of the utmost heights. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like most high. But you are brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. This passage is believed the fall of Satan, that Satan fell, that he thought he was going to get to the top, yet he's sent to the bottom. He started at the top and went to the bottom. He didn't start from the bottom and go to the top. He started from the top and went back down. Satan fell because he let his pride dictate his relationship with God. Some of us in here, that's exactly what we're doing. We let our pride dictate whether we're going to love, whether we're going to serve, whether we're going to forgive. And I share that because that's the same thing for me. We let that, we let pride dictate us. But the sad part is, is that we look at pride, it's not the biggest sin. Sin is sin. And yet God says, when you think of pride, he will turn his back away to the pride, to the prideful soul. Think about that. He will turn his back. Pride is what brought Satan down. It was pride. Second thing about Satan is this. Satan wants your future to look like his. Satan wants your future to look like his. 2 Peter 2.4 says this. For if God did not spare angels when they sin, but sent them to hell, putting them in chains of darkness to be held for judgment. Satan will be judged for his rebellion. And until then, he exists to bring us to where he's going. You see, Satan does not want you to have this relationship with God. He wants you to do whatever you want to do. Satan's role is this. The beginning of John 10.10, 10, it says this. The thief comes to only steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is Satan's agenda for your life. He wants to steal you away. He wants to kill your relationship with God. And he wants to destroy your path. Satan is the father of lies, the creator of lies. He will do whatever he can to pull you away from God. He'll, he'll paint whatever picture that looks good, but it's not good, hoping that you will fall for that trap because Satan can just get a little bit of you, just a little bit. He knows he can pull you away farther and farther. farther. You know why? Because sin feels good. We love to sin. That's, what, that's our human nature. And Satan tries to play that game with us. Satan hides as a light because he wants to pull you as far as he can away from Jesus. See, I shared a little bit about when I first became a Christian, I was fired up for Jesus, but I still had these struggles. And one of my biggest struggles was, was I had a relationship with this girl that was just terrible. It was terrible because we just weren't good for each other. But Satan painted this picture. was like, I can't do any better. That's what I felt. He kept saying, you can't do any better. 
You got to just stick it out. I ended up leaving church. I ended up sticking with her for a while until I came to this realization that I used to be over here with God, but I got dragged all the way over here with him. Instead of worshiping God, I was worshiping Satan. I was worshiping myself. I was focused on me. And it wasn't until I hit this reality where God said, JT, you need to cut it out. You need to stop. I want you to come home, but you got to make a decision. you got to choose to want me. So I did what, what I was told to do, and I ended, up, I ended up telling my girlfriend at the time, like, oh, like, I want to stop some things. And she broke up with me on our three-year anniversary. It was the greatest moment of my life. I cried like a baby. I was heartbroken. But what she broke, God began to heal. And I thought I could never do better, and then I found an angel in Alicia. And I'm glad to understand that I have a good God that loves me, that cares for me, that has this grace for me. That even though he tries to lie and pull me away, instead of pulling me away, he pushes me closer to God. The last thing about Satan I want you guys to know is this. Satan has no hold over Jesus. Satan has no hold over Jesus. John 14, 31 says this. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Satan may think he's doing something that, that is benefiting him, like he thinks he might win or whatever the case may be. But God is using him to fulfill the greatest promise ever, and it's this, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Satan can try to play these games, but it just won't win. God is so powerful that Satan is completely oblivious to the fact that no matter how hard he tries, that he can't derail God's plan. And I want you to know something. Satan can't derail God's plan for your life. He can't. He can't. I want to challenge you. Choose to follow God. Choose to follow God. Romans 8, 37 to 38 says this. Now in all things... We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angel nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Please hear the power of that. Nothing can separate you from God's love. The main idea I want you to walk away with, the thing I want you to just keep in your head, God is infinitely greater than Satan in every way. Any way. You know, Satan is, is an angel who rebelled that now desires to make your future look like his. God is eternal, perfect, loving, all-knowing, in all places, and all-powerful. Choose to follow God. I get it. In high school especially, there's a lot of feelings. There's a lot of emotions. Some of you guys are young uh, freshmen. Some of you guys are older seniors. There's a lot of things that are tempting you. There's a lot of things that are trying to say, hey, Satan's saying, hey, come follow me. Come, come have sex. Come drink. Come do drugs. Come, just keep coming. He's trying to get you as far as he can. He's trying to get you all the way over here. Because he knows if he could pull you far enough that he may think it might be too late to come back. But God says, you know, I'm sending help. I'm here for you. I want you to come back. You can't repent. Hey, if you mess up, that's okay. Let's get better. Let's continue to grow. I got grace for you. 
I got something for you. Satan says he has this, but I got something better. I'm here for you. I love you so much that I forgive you. And God is going to do something with your life. Some of us may think, I've done the worst things, JT. You don't know. You don't know what I'm doing. You're right, I don't. But like I said, God is all-knowing, and he knows, and he still loves you. It's, and if you're here today and you're thinking, JT, I used to walk with God. I used to feel good. I used to feel close. I used to feel connected. Now I feel like I'm off, that nobody's noticing me. I'm not loved. I'm not valued. Can I tell you something that God loves you, God sees, and he wants you to come home? He wants you to come back. I believe that God hasn't come back yet because he doesn't want you to miss out on heaven. He doesn't want, to miss, want you to miss out on heaven. He wants you there with him. I want everybody to close their eyes right now. Everybody just close their eyes. I want to read a verse to you. I want you to meditate this as your eyes close. Romans 6, 23 says this. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. As everybody's eyes are closed, I want you to meditate on that because some of us in here today are thinking like, I am not good enough. It says it right there, sin is death. I'm living a sinful life. Can I tell you something? I am too. Because none of us are perfect. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you're here today, I want to do something. Because I don't want anybody to ever miss out on heaven. If you want to commit your, your, your life to Christ for the very first time, this is a moment for you. If you want to commit your life to Jesus for the very first time, this is your moment. If you want to recommit, if you want to come back and say, you know what, I've gone far, I've walked away, I want to come home though, this is your moment. What I'm going to do is this, I'm going to count to three. With nobody looking around, everybody's eyes closed, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. And I want to challenge you with something. Some of us may be like, I feel nervous, I don't know. Don't let the fear hold you back from accepting freedom, from accepting Christ, to accepting forgiveness. So I'm going to count to three, and this is going to be your moment. This is between you and God. This is your thing. One, God loves you. Two, he forgives you. Three, if you want to accept Christ or come back, will you just raise your hand? Nobody look around. This is nobody visit. Praise God for you. 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 Anybody else, don't let fear stop you from, holding, from receiving this forgiveness. Praise God for you in the back. Praise God for you. Praise God for you. Praise God for you. Praise God for you. Amen, amen, amen. Awesome, awesome. You can put your hands down. What we're going to do is this. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And I just want you to repeat this quietly back to you because can I tell you something? This is the greatest decision you could ever make. I made this decision at 16 years old. It is never too late to accept God's love. Let me pray.